irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. I would love to hear from you, so please reach out to me through my website. It is nolatherapy.com, spelled N-O-L-A. T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. I'd love to hear from you as my listener. If you'd like to be a guest on my show, reach out. If you know someone who would be a wonderful guest for me to interview, please send them my way or send me their information. I'd love for you to subscribe to this show on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio. I have a YouTube channel as well called NOLA Therapy and Audible is offering you a free month subscription and audiobook download of your choice. They are my sponsor. If you go to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy. And if you like what you've been hearing for almost three years on the air, please become my patron to support my work through the crowdfunding campaign I have with Patreon. The link to that is patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. And everything I've just said, you can find at NOLA Therapy. I am with today Dr. Dane Here. He is an international best-selling author, teacher, and speaker on consciousness and change. Today, one of the things we're going to be speaking about is his book titled Being You, Changing the World. He has co-authored and written over 30 books and publication about consciousness, change, mental health, and well-being. He is the co-creator of Access Consciousness, along with Gary Douglas, who is the founder. And Dr. Dane, I'm just delighted to have you here with us today. Lisa, I am thrilled. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Where would you like to start today with our listening audience? Anywhere. Um, I guess for me, one of the things that, that I speak a lot about is possibilities rather than problems, because we live in a world where problems seem like almost the only thing you see, and it seems to be getting worse. Um, but, you know, the people listening to this show are obviously looking for something different. And so for me, it's like, how do we, how do we make that choice to go beyond a reality based on problems and a life mm-hmm. based on problems to a reality and a life based on possibilities? you know, to where we create family, uh, money, business, uh, relationships of all sorts based on the possibilities that are available rather than the continuous state of problems we have to solve. I think that's a great place to start because how easy it can be for us to look at what is in, in our lives and feel overwhelmed or feel like our emotions are dictated by the circumstances that we see. So how do you work with people and looking at our lives from a different perspective? Well, I think the, the acknowledgement is the thing that creates something as the problem is our point of view, that it's a problem, which seems so deceptively simple. 
you know, because it looks so real. But one of the things I let people know when they come to my classes is your point of view creates your reality. Reality doesn't create your point of view. And if you've ever been in a situation where two people had the exact same experience, but they had totally different uh, results from that experience or, or uh, in a, a different experience from their own point of view, you know what I'm talking about, where they had the same thing occur, but they experienced it totally differently. That's what I mean. Our point of view of something is what creates it. So what we need to start doing is looking at the deeply held points of view that we have, the things that are really sort of sticking us and getting in the way that we probably adopted as kids for most mm -hmm. of us, because, you know, we formed, as you know, uh, you know, we formed so much of who we are before we're even teenagers and get to that place where we start going, wait a minute, my, what is my point of view about this? And if I didn't have that point of view, what else would be possible? And, you know, a good friend of mine asked this question. He works with businesses around the world using access consciousness tool. And, you know, he'll be in a boardroom and they'll say, well, this and this and this. And he says, okay, cool. Well, what if that weren't so? Mm. <laughs> and they just look at him like dogs watching television. They go, what do you mean? He said, well, if that weren't so, what would be possible here? And it starts like opening that. this dialogue and this other discussion for possibilities to be had rather than the fixed points of view that are keeping on creating the same problems. So it's also having the, the courage to, to say to yourself, to someone else, hey, let's, what if this wasn't true? What else might be true? To push against whatever is presenting as a disturbance, a problem, a block. Yeah. And, and looking, and one of the, one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves is to start asking questions. See, a question always empowers. A question always opens up a different door of possibility that you never saw before you asked the question. It's always been there, but until you ask the question, you can't see it. You know, it's like most of us are walking down this road of our life and we've been walking in the same direction for so long. We have worn a rut that is so deep that we have walls to the left and right. And the only thing we think we can do is carry on trudging forward in the same footsteps over and over and over and then back and then over and over again. And when you ask a question, it's like these doorways of possibility, lightness, you know, a different choice start to open up. And, and the question can be as simple as what if this weren't so, or what else is possible here? Or one of my favorites is how does it get any better than this? And if you ask that in a bad situation, it gets better. If you ask it in a good situation, it gets even better than it just got. But this thing of asking questions is sort of fundamental to begin changing the course of our life from that straight ahead direction that really isn't working that we don't want to go to anyway. And just to get that question again, because I really liked it. How does it get better than this? Is that what you said yep. a moment ago? Yep. How does it get any better than this? Can you and expand on that? I think that's really important. It, I'd love to. And uh, my favorite example of it, though, there are, I have hundreds that people have told me in using this, but my favorite example of it is the lady who got this in a class in New York and she walked outside of the class. It was lunchtime. She, or no, it was the end of class. She walked outside and saw a dime on the ground. So she picked it up. She went, Oh, how does it get any better than this? Cause she had just been given the tool in an access class. And she goes down in the elevator and there's a $20 bill sitting on the ground. And wow. she looks around, there's nobody around. I know, right? She picked it up and she goes, how does it get any better than this? 
And because she had twenty dollars that she didn't have before, she's like, "Well, forget it. I'm not taking the um, the underground. The what is that? What do we call it in the U.S.? The subway." Um, uh, like yeah. I'm not taking the subway. She's like, "I'm going to get a taxi." So she flies down a taxi. The taxi lets her off, goes let her off in front of her building, and she opens the door and looks in the gutter and sees something shiny. And what do you think it was? It's a diamond friggin' bracelet. Wow. And. I know. And she, and what did she say? She went, Oh, it doesn't get any better than this. I was like, Oh girl, don't stop when you're on no, a roll. Keep it. But Go, that, how does it get exactly. any better than this? Yeah. And you know, it's not to promise it'll take you from dimes to diamonds, but if you start to have this point of view in your reality and even if you don't believe it, even if you believe you were just presented with the worst thing that could ever happen, you go, how does it get any better than this? And what starts to happen, just the act of asking a question starts to dislodge the stuck place that we've been functioning from. You know, what you're saying is helping me understand more clearly, and I'm jumping ahead a bit, but the clearing statements that that you speak about in your book and in Access Consciousness, that you're, uh, so at some point I want to hear more about that, just questioning, how does it get better than this? How does it get any better than this? Opens up a door for possibility versus saying, this is great. This is as good as it gets. So you're kind of opening a portal from the universe to you. Yeah, exactly that. And that's, and that's really what this is all about. You know, all of the access consciousness tools, and we have over 8,000 tools at this point, and they're all about opening up this portal for possibilities. And, you know, and even that idea of a portal of possibility. So we're willing to go, Oh, well, something outside of us has possibilities like this universe. So I can open that up. Well, at a certain point you start to realize you are the portal for possibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when you start to get that awareness, then everything starts to take on a different flavor, a different, a different quality where you're actually not only engaged in your life, but that incessant search for something outside of you to create validation, to create happiness, to create anything different starts to shift into what can I be, what can I do, what can I choose that will create something different here, that will create a greater possibility here. Yes. And there's so much power there in that perspective and in that stance. Truly. And that's, I think that's one of the difficulties is we don't really live in a world where people are willing to have power. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, they're willing to talk about it. They're willing to, and I, I think part of that comes from Seeing people who supposedly have power, you know, like world leaders, yes. for example, who, who they're not, if you look at it, you know, the people that do destruction to others do not truly have power themselves. They're mm -hmm. trying to prove that they have power because one of the other things is people always try to prove the opposite of what they believe they are. So, you know, you'll see somebody who's like, I'm so powerful. Look at how much destruction I can wreak on other people. And it's like, that's not actual power. That's trying to what? prove you have power by having power over other people, which is really a deep-seated insecurity. And so... And a fear-based tactic. Yeah, absolutely. And what happens when you have access to you, when you actually start to embrace this awareness, even on any level, that you are at least some part of creating your life... And you, you know, really the buck stops here in your life. You know, unfortunately, your life is not a democracy. It's, you know, it, it, 
isn't created by all the people around you. We're the ones who create what occurs. We're also the ones who teach people how to treat us. And so what it does is it actually puts the, the onus, I guess, or the, the, I I sort of shy away from the word responsibility, but it it puts the awareness of who's actually in charge where it belongs. And Mm -hmm. like I was saying, I think there are a lot of people here, you know, who share this planet with us who unfortunately they don't really want to have the power of that. They're, they're getting too much mileage out of blaming someone or something else Ah. for what's going on. And if we're going to change things here, that's got to change. How did you, I know you were formally trained as a chiropractor, working on the body and then moving into energy. Can you talk to us about your own path, Dr. Dane? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was, you know, I was a chiropractor in Santa Barbara and I was starting my second practice there and my first practice was in LA. And I became a chiropractor because from the time I was a little kid, I knew miracles should be possible. Well, and this wow. is the venue that I saw as the possibility for creating it. Now, I knew miracles were possible, but as a kid, I experienced very intense abuse, sexual abuse, yeah. physical abuse, emotional abuse. But that never stopped me from knowing miracles were possible. The only thing it stopped me from was being happy in my own life, which was yes. another story. But so I got to a place where after knowing that I should be able to create more and At the same time, you know, going through chiropractic school and prior to that, I was exploring all kinds of realms of spirituality and energy work and business and psychology and whatever I could find because I knew there was something else possible. So I was that person who would go to a weekend workshop, you know, and feel like, oh, my God, this is it. Finally, I'm going to get to be happy, which was actually the only thing I ever really wanted. Um, yes. but by, by Wednesday of the following week, it was like, wow, everything just crashed back in on my head again. And mm-hmm. so I got to this place where I was going to end my life. And literally I planned the date six months in the future. I said, universe, you got six months, either I truly get happy and you find some miracle to make that happen. Cause I don't believe it's ever going to happen or I'm out of here. And wow. so I made my demand of the universe. And a week yeah. later I saw an ad for access consciousness <laughs> Oh, the universe has a sense of humor. Yeah. And, um, and there this, it was this tiny little classified ad that said, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. Now, you would have thought I would have been overjoyed, you know, ease and joy and glory. I was furious. So I threw the paper away and was leaking through the paper the following week and saw the only thing my eyes focused on in the entire paper was that ad that was so tiny, you need, I would need a magnifying glass now to read it. And it said, all of life comes to me with ease and joy and glory. I called the girl that put the ad in the paper and I said, what do you do? She said, oh, we do all kinds of stuff. We have all kinds of tools, you know, to change life and make it happy. I'm like, yeah, well, I've done all kinds of stuff and none of it has worked. She's like, well, I can't promise this will be any different, but we could try it out if you want. So I went and had a session of something called bars, which is these 32 points on the head. You just have them held really lightly. And I was in total doubt and total resistance because I thought this is just another thing that's like everything else. And as soon as she put her hands on my head, I felt this energy go through me that was like liquid light, love, peace. Mm -hmm. I was like, Whoa, this is interesting because I'd been unhappy for the better part of three years. And at a certain point I started giggling like a little kid. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) and I just, I couldn't stop it. And she would move her hands to different places and I would start giggling more. And 
I got up after an hour and 15 minute session of this stuff called the bars. And I was like, wow, has it always been this beautiful here? Wow. If it can feel this way to be alive, I'm in. And wow. I didn't realize that I had truly been given what I had asked for from the universe. And there it was. And I was actually in the middle of, of starting the journey of living it. Well, fast forward a few months, I took a few of the beginning access classes and Gary Douglas, the founder of access who happened to live in Santa Barbara, he happened to be the stepfather of the, the, uh, girl that ran my bars. Yeah. And I kept saying I wanted to meet him. And, uh, you know, and the fact he lived in Santa Barbara, I think, you know, I keep looking at that. I'm like, this is just this amazing miracle orchestrated by the universe. I was just and, thinking um, that. Yeah, it truly is. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you're on the right path. And uh, so he came into my office for a session and said, look, the first two levels of what you're doing don't work on me. You need to go straight to the third level. And doing I was like, chiropractic uh, work, correct? To clarify, yeah, for it was he actually, came to you for. Yeah. Yeah, it was okay. network chiropractic that I was doing at the time. And I said to him, you know, being a doctor, you're you're supposed to know everything. And I said to him, I've just started studying that level of the work. Well, I didn't know he was psychic, and I was lying. <laughs> I didn't want to tell him I have no idea how to do that. <laughs> and, you know, here I am, you know, meeting the founder of this thing has changed my life and lying yeah. to him already. How does it get any better than that? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so he looked at me and he said, look, just ask my body what it wants, follow the energy, you will know what to do. And it was the first time anybody in my life said to me, I would know what to do. Everybody else I'd ever met said, do this technique, do it this way, solve this problem with this energy or this saying or this incantation or these incense or these supplements or whatever. He said, look, you will know what to do. So I lay him down on the table, not having any clue what I'm going to do with this guy. And there's another energy that comes through and it feels like feels like it's filling me up from top to bottom and just going through me. And I'm like, what is this? And yeah. within a few minutes, his body starts flopping on the table like a fish. Wow. And I am surprised as anybody in the room. I know. I was like, what is going on here? And so this goes on for about another 45 minutes, you know, have him on one, you know, I, and he's been flopping on the table like a fish and all I'm doing is, and at one point I was, I don't know, about 15 feet away and turning my hand in one direction and his head lifts up and turns in that direction. I turn my hand in the other, his head lifts up and turns in that direction. And I was, I was dumbfounded, but I couldn't, there was no mistaking the energy and the peace well, that was I... present in the room. And I'm so grateful for that because otherwise I would have totally discounted it and would not be talking to you right now. And so he gets up and he said that was incredible. And I'm looking at it. You got to realize the level of insecurity that somebody who is, who's truly planning on suicide has. Right. And I was like, Oh, he doesn't know what network is supposed to be like. And, um, I had done something totally different to network, obviously. And yes. he gets up and what he told me months later, he said, I don't think I ever told you this. He said, but I was dying when I came to you and I knew it. The only reason I came to you was to get out of pain. And you jerk. Now I know I've got to live and get to work. <laughs> wow. How beautiful for both of you being at this crossroads and not knowing Truly. consciously, but at the energetic level, you both knew. Truly. And we, and we both were at a major crossroads and a very similar crossroads. 
And so his body of work saved my life. Me doing that and then working on him saved his. And, you know, we have been fast friends ever since that first session, really. And, you know, within, within a year of whatever, I don't remember the time frame now, but in a short amount of time, we were then business partners and co-creators of this work. And we have expanded it to 176 countries around the world at this point. And oftentimes we'll be in classes and we have 12 languages being translated live. And that's beautiful. Really is, you know, I'm so grateful you know, and, and when you talk about the beauty of it, I've got to say, seeing people who thought possibilities didn't exist and they come and they'll do a class or they'll get a book and I'll get an email from them and they go, literally, this saved my life. And I'm like, oh man, this this is the gift I always wanted to be to people and yes. wanted to be in the world. And it's, you know, it's, it's occurring and I'm I'm just so extremely grateful. And there is something to be said about when a person wants to know so deeply in a declaration like you made in six months, I am killing myself and I want to universe show up for me, show me something, show me almost why not to just being at that level of desperation and seeking moves mountains and moves things and, and to me in reading about your story and now hearing it from you, knowing that that is what happened. And now you're able to be a true vehicle of that same energy and love and healing to others. And that I know access consciousness has expanded in just the last three years to almost 200 countries, right? Like it's, it's been exponential what, what y'all are doing and how happy people are to find these tools and techniques yeah, and that, you know, that is something I am so grateful for. And also having been in that place where I've truly given up hope. And I got to say, even experiencing the massive abuse that I did for much of my childhood in so many ways, it's like I still never gave up hope. I kept seeking. And it wasn't until that time where I truly thought it was the end and I was going to get to get out of here was when that showed up. And like you said, that that you know, for me, that space has such an intense vulnerability to it. And also when you get to the point where you're willing to lose everything, that's a lot of times when you can finally have everything. Yeah. And one of the things that I tell people is when you get to that place where you think it is the darkest you have ever been, where you have a sense that, that nothing is possible, take two more steps. Because mm-hmm. what I have found, especially with these access consciousness tools and the way it changes things, what I have found is that is sometimes what's required to get to that vulnerability and get to that place where you're willing to let go of what has actually been stopping you that you haven't been willing to let go of before, that you haven't been willing to change or make a different choice about. And if you'll just take two more steps, and if required, take another two more. And if required, take another two more, but usually it doesn't take much more than that. Usually what happens after that is your world gets greater, bigger, more fun, happier than you ever thought it could be. I found the same thing. 
and my life. And I, and I know there are people listening right now that might be in that place of feeling like they don't have anything to live for. And you, I appreciate you being so honest in your work and here on the show about feeling and being suicidal and, and reaching for things and, and finding them. I was in a similar place a number of years ago. And it's because I have clients that I work with. I was like, okay, you can't be the therapist that kills yourself. And, and I just was like, wow, okay, let me just literally get to another day. And, um, and I found, you know, a course in miracles and different spiritual perspectives. And, and I'm so grateful every day that I did not take my life because the beauty that I experience in working with others as you do and seeing them have those aha moments and like their hearts open like a flower, like it with possibility. It's like, wow, I'm mm. so happy and grateful to be here and be a part of this awakening and change. And so any listener, I just encourage you to reach out to me, to Dr. Dane, to other resources, just for some help right now. I feel strongly. Truly. That- to share that. And realize, and, and I'm so glad you are, and realize you are not alone. And, you know, because that's one of the other things that happens. If you get into one of these these sort of dark places, it's like, you know, you have this sense of being alone, but we, we also usually contract really dynamically. We sort of pull all our energy in. So we're not really receiving from anybody anymore. We don't feel connected to anybody anymore. We feel alone. We feel wrong. You're not alone. You're not wrong. And there are lots of resources out there. And this, one of the, one of the tools I'd like people to have is what's true always makes you lighter. A lie Mm. always makes you heavier. And so if you're looking at different resources or what you might choose that will change something, go for the one that feels the lightest. And it, because that's the result. If you do that, if you choose the one that feels the lightest, that's the result that will get created in your life. And also that's the thing that's going to be most true for you because we all have things that resonate with us more than others, but don't try to buy somebody else's point of view about what's going to work for you because it may work great for them. It may work like yuck for you. So go with the one that makes you lighter. And, and once again, don't make anybody else the source greater than you for what you know to choose to get where you want to go. You know, and you highlighting that, what you just said about go with what feels lighter. I watched your YouTube video. And for listeners to know that Dr. Dane here has a great YouTube channel with all these quick videos. But that's one that deeply resonated with me because it's a really practical tip, which I like, Dr. Dane, that to, to you know in your body what feels lighter, even if you think about what you're going to do during the weekend like something might feel like oh i'm responsible to do this I, I should do this but something else feels lighter and to really go with that so i appreciated that tip because it's so useful cool thank you and yeah. i think you gave the perfect example because a lot of people are like well what's light what's heavy i think you gave the perfect example of heavy you have something to do this weekend that's based on obligation You're like oh that's heavy right. just so you know <laughs> you know and that is a great example of it. And there's, there's over, I've got, I think, over 250 videos on yeah. YouTube at this point. So uh, people, please go there and watch. It's free. It's my gift to you. Hope it contributes to you. And there's one there called The Seven Things the Universe Would Tell You If You Would Only Listen. Oh, and yeah. I like that, that one. As well. That one yeah. 
would highly suggest that for people who, who, well, people who are breathing on the planet right now, but also people who are, you know, going through any period of self-doubt or this sense of, you know, less than having the peace of knowing who the heck they are. That can be a cool contribution. We are going to take a quick commercial break and be right back, Dr. Dane. Sounds great. Okay, cool. Indeed, listening is the new reading. With Audible, you can listen to an unlimited amount of books at home, in your car, at the gym, anywhere on the go. With over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from, for you, the listener of all things therapy, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download and a month-long subscription for you to try them out. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy now and enjoy. Yourself and friends find a purpose in life, then you are in the right place and be a part of the crowdfunding campaign of patreon.com forward slash all things therapy with Lisa Tahir as she initiates a one on interaction with inspiring authors, healing experts, and spiritual directors. Join the League of Heroes of this generation by contributing your quota between a dollar up to a hundred dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. Let's make the world free of suicide, poverty, depression. And in all, make the world a better place for everyone. I'm with Dr. Dane here, international speaker, teacher, and author. Dr. Dane, you were just mentioning the YouTube video I had also watched, uh, Seven Things the Universe Would Tell You. So I don't know if you want to go into more detail there or what direction you want to take, because you offer so much information that I want to make sure you share what is needed today. Thank you. I am grateful. Um, no, I think just go watch it. Um, in okay, that, cool. In, it was, you know, it's filmed in Costa Rica and there's, there's such a nurturing energy from the land there. And that was part of the, it, it's like I, you know, I talk about energy and what's interesting to me is, is people out in the world have this idea that energy is airy fairy and it's that sort of thing. And for me, it's the most practical thing there is. It's like when you wake up and you have one of those days where you just want to hug everybody and you're on cloud 10, <laughs> you know, you bypass cloud nine during the night and everything is wonderful. That's one energy. And then when you wake up and you're like bah humbug, you want to hit the snooze alarm 27 times and stay in bed all day and keep away from everybody. Totally different energy. And this, this energy that's available from the earth and that also gets an airy fairy, uh, you know, harassment against it. You know, we go, oh, earth, oh, tree hugger. It's like, no, the earth is here. It is an amazing energetic contribution. And we very seldom ever tap in and ask. And, and <clears throat> we very seldom receive from it. And we very seldom contribute to it. And which is just amazing to me because we live on this incredibly gifting planet. You know, we'll go out in nature and we'll go, oh, okay, you know, think about how it feels when you go out in nature and then think about having that right now, sitting in your chair at your desk, at your office, listening to this show, wherever you are, think about having it there too. Because my sense is part of what's going on is the earth is dying for lack of our, our receiving mm -hmm. of it. You know, I like to ride horses, and one of the things I've noticed, I've gone to different places around the world and, and ridden rent horses, which I don't do anymore because most rent horses, you know, have had 
total new riders on them that don't really know what they're doing. So they don't actually receive from the horse and a horse's entire purpose in life when they're being ridden is to give to their rider. Mm. They have a consciousness of their own, but they're such gifting creatures that they want a gift. And what happens is you'll be on a horse on a rent string, you know, at a rent stable or something on this trail ride. And which is really a trail walk because especially in the U S you know, they're afraid of you dying and suing them. Yes. you, you walk really slow. You're bored. The horse is bored. The person leading <laughs> is bored. Everybody in the crew is bored. Yes. And, you know, and the horses eventually become sort of numb in the head. You're like, turn right. And they're like, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll turn right and I stop napping. You know, but it's a similar thing to what happens with the earth. We never just sort of tap in and receive. So there's, because we look at, you know, giving to the earth, which is a cool concept also. But we also need to start receiving from the earth. I had this I had this amazing thing occur. I teach this class called ESB, which is Energetic Synthesis of Being. And in that class, what you do is you access these different um, energies that, that we all are, that we're all capable of. And they start to become part of your, your walking, breathing, living reality. And I worked on this lady who had this terminal disease and, you know, and, and, of course, everybody was like, you know, we should try to save her. And I was like, uh, no, I want to give her choice. So she has the choice to go if that's what she yes. wants. Or if yes. she has the choice to stay and heal her body, whatever she wants. And, you know, and also people mistakenly say that, you know, I say I can heal cancer or something. I'm like, I can't heal anything. I can just work on you. And then if you make the choice, man, it's your choice. Right. That's the story for another time, you know. People who say, I can do this, I can do this. I'm like, no, you can't. The only thing you can do is give people choice. But I, I worked on this lady and it was, she was a, a 67 year old Italian woman. And she was sort of one of those stout little, like, Italian, like don't mess with grandma, you know? And, yes. you know, she had a family and everything. And I had her on the table. And I think this is perhaps the first time in this woman's life that she'd ever been touched with total caring and total yeah. presence and total kindness. And it was, it was so incredibly beautiful that it opened up a space in me. And I was so vulnerable. I couldn't even talk and carry on class. And thank God it was the afternoon. So we ended class and I walked across the street to the park and it was this beautiful park with some big old trees. And there were people there and kids and dogs and such. And after having this session, something sort of broke in a good way in my world and opened up and I started noticing these tendrils that almost like an avatar where they have the, the tendrils of light started noticing that these trees, every tree in that park had tendrils down into the earth. And I was like, mm. wow, that's interesting. And also really interesting because I've never noticed this before. And then I watched this dog with its owner and I noticed the dog still had tendrils into the earth and the owner didn't, they were almost gone. And the owner was, wow. I don't know, in his fifties or something. And then I saw this couple pushing their child and they were probably in their thirties. And I noticed how the child had these freely flowing tendrils with the earth and how the both members of the couple did not like they were basically they had withered. They had, you know, and, and I looked at that and I realized, wow, we start out and the plants, you know, the animals, the trees, they still have this communion with earth. And the children still have this communion with earth, which is part of what we love about them because they just are this energy. And then I realized what we do to ourselves as we get older, we 
disconnect from this beautiful planet of ours. And for me, it's like, so one of the things I talk about is, is just asking. Remember, you know, a question always empowers, an answer disempowers, and a question will always create a different possibility. An answer eliminates possibility. So what I've suggested to people is just ask, like, hey, Earth, uh, I'm here. What would it take to connect with you again? Like when I was a I child. Like yes. You know? I like that. What are other examples? How, uh, because I like that line of questioning. So earth, how else might I connect with you? If it's around really intimate relationships or finances, would it be, you know, how might I connect with you? Romantic love or money? Well, I think in that you can do that also, but I, I think one of the, one of the things, if we can do it, you know, you mentioned the clearing statement earlier and, I have no idea if we have time to go into it or not. Yeah, we have to quarter till or a little after. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, the clearing statement is a way of changing anything in your life you want to change. I have, I have, I have a video for that. It's at theclearingstatement.com. Theclearingstatement.com. It's about a 15 to 20 minute explanation. But let me give you the short form, um, the, the meat of it, which is something called POC and POD. And I call them the superheroes of consciousness. One of these amazing tools and access that we use pretty much with every other tool is this clearing statement. And the, the meat of it is this pock and pod, which stands for going back to the point of creation of wherever you created a limitation and asking it to turn the polarity. So it undoes itself from that point of creation and any limitation you created based on it will then undo. It's mm -hmm. sort of, uh, you know, in a sense, if for those of us who have been, doing personal development for a while, we sort of realize the holy grail is to go to the first time something happened. And if you can change that, then every subsequent occurrence changes because it's just a manifestation of that first one. And so what this clearing statement does is it actually allows you that possibility. So the POC is going back to the point of creation of a limitation. The POD is going to the point of destruction where you took something that was possible and made it impossible and created a limitation out of a possibility. But those two together, if you just did nothing else other than pock and pod, it's like it starts to change things. And for the full clearing statement, if you're, you know, if you're OCD like me, you'll want to go to the clearingstatement.com and watch there so you can get the whole thing. But what happens is one of our greatest limitations that we have is how we define things. So, how we define relationships, how we define love, how we define money, how we define us with regard to money, how we define us with regard to relationships, how we define us with regard to love. We have all of these stories that are going on, but the stories are held in place and perpetrated over and over again by our definition. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you decide, if you define yourself as part of your family, well, guess what you get? You get every point of view and every limitation they have that you now have to struggle to overcome, which, and you go, but wait, how do I undefine myself as part of my family? You go, all the definitions I have of myself as part of my family, all the definitions I have of myself as the worst member of my family, <laughs> pock and pod. And it literally can be that simple. Now, I like that. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you can 
say, okay, so what definitions of love do I have that keep me from receiving the love I would truly like to have? Pock and pot. Now, you're going to need to do that. It would be so wonderful. You know, I'd love to say access is like a magic pill. And I got to say, in a lot of ways, it sure seems like that. Yes. But it's not where you can, we have these things so deeply embedded that just doing that once is, mm, it'll change something. It may change a lot, depending on how willing you are to let it go and have a different reality. But over time, what happens, like if you go, okay, so if you write this down, how many definitions of love do I have that keep me from having the love I truly desire? Pock and pot. And you do that again and again and again. And then tomorrow you do it as many times as you can think about it. And then the mm-hmm. next day you'll do it. And the next day you'll do it. And the next day you do it. And then by that time, you'll sort of forget about it. But what you'll start to notice is when you undefine it, you make the box bigger that you're creating from. Because what people don't realize is their definitions are creating a box that they have to live in now rather than having a universe of possibilities like the earth does, like animals do, like plants do. We should be a lot more like the plants and the animals in that we should actually have no point of view When something comes up, the greatest, so here's another tool also. Um, When something comes up, the greatest freedom that you can give yourself is to be interesting point of view about it. Even if you want to resist and react to it and fight it, even if you want to align and agree with it, which is make it real. The true freedom lies in interesting point of view. And so if you can, so let's, can we do a really quick thing? I know we're getting close to time, but yeah, let's do do it. Yeah, I can feel okay, the expansion cool. so, in this, like the oh, like cool. open air. Yes. Yeah, that one, that one, that, and that, by the way, is the example of lightness. What's light makes, what's true for you makes you lighter. That's the example of lightness, where you go, ah, the heaviness uh, is, uh, okay. Right. So, so everybody listening, take an upset. Just get the energy of an upset that you've had in the last, I don't know, day, week, month that is still there. Something where you're like, eh. Okay, get that energy. Now, just say to it out loud if you can, if you don't look like you're crazy and talking to yourself. Uh, interesting point of view. I have this point of view. Cool. Now, for most people, that starts to shift it, even if it's just slight. Now, to the new energy that's there, you want to go interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And that usually shifts it again. And then again, interesting point of view, I have this point of view. And then again, as it shifts, interesting point of view, I have this point of view. And interesting point of view, I have this point of view. (sighs) So Lisa, did you have something? I I did. And I did it. It loosened up the grip that I've had of some self-criticism. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. And pleasure. And that's really what we're looking for is to loosen that grip because when that grip is no longer there, then you have space and space is what you actually are when you're being you. And, and then for whatever's left, you go, okay, so all that stuff, pock and pod, pock and pod, pock and pod, pock and pod. And all those weird words, Bane would say, pock and pod. I like hearing you talk about it. it. It helps to hear you with your voice speak about it in addition to reading it. So I find this to be Excellent. Cool. Thank you. And I want to say the, the, 
intro and first chapter to my book, it's about a 55-minute audio, is available at beingyoubook.com, or you can go to my website, which is drdanehear.com. Um, but just listening to that starts to create a shift in the energetics of things. And I've got people who have it on a loop and listen to it sometimes for hours a day, and they go, every time I do, I start to get lighter. So that's another gift out there for people if they're interested. You know, as a last point, this keeps coming up for me, so I'm just going to put it out here. A portion of your book that really touched me emotionally in a, in a good way was where you talk about Gary's horse. I think the horse was named Playboy. And, and for oh, you, yeah. a, a powerful experience of having this horse support you, it just, like, I got tearful in a good way. I wonder if you could just take a, a, you know, a little bit to share that with our listeners, because I think yeah. it'll give a really powerful example. Absolutely. This, uh, so Gary liked to ride horses. I'd never ridden horses. And he had this, this thoroughbred who'd been on a racetrack and his name was Playboy. And, um, oh boy, sorry, <laughs> not supposed to cry in a radio interview. Um, mm, but it's okay. So this, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. <laughs> this amazing creature. He came into my life and, you know, I like to say everything I need to, needed to learn in my life. I learned from my horse and, um, <laughs> and he, he, we had this amazing thing where I kept asking him to ride him and Gary said no, because I was a novice rider and he was a very advanced horse that nobody could control. So finally I talked Gary into, into letting me ride him and we go off at a canter and I have no control on the horse and he just goes bloop, bitty, bloop, bitty, bloop, bitty, bloop, like totally taking care of me. And since I was such a novice rider, we're running up a turn up this hill and I start to lose my seat and he literally moved his butt under me to make sure that I didn't fall while still running around the corner. Wow. And this creature is an amazing gift. And one of the things that happened was with my travel schedule increasing exponentially within the course of about two years, I was hardly ever spending any time with him. And what I'd done is I'd stopped connecting with him. They used to be really connected when we were close and riding all the time. And he got cancer. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, sweet boy, sweet contribution. And I knew I was not receiving, which is part of the reason I had this conversation with people about receiving from the earth. And I tapped in and I had some other people tap in also to see if the information I was getting correct. And, you know, just asked, I'm like, hey, what do you require from me? He's like, receive me. Let me be a contribution to your life still, even if we're not riding as often as we used to. And I was like, oh, my God. So I started crying again. And this horse, I mean, literally having in my, having him in my world changed my entire reality. And he, he had been such an amazing gift and he, he died about three years ago and, but he got cancer and the doctor said he would be dead in two years because it was all throughout his body. And Mm -hmm. he lived another nine and a half years. (laughs) Oh, a miracle. Thank you for sharing that. It kept coming up to ask you because it was so touching the way you wrote it. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for that recall. Thank you for that memory. Yes. So how can listeners reach you? Uh, you can go to drdanehear.com. My name is spelled really weird because I'm really weird. It's d-r-d-a-i-n-h-e-e-r.com. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff there too. There's a lot of resources there. And please, 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 if if you're interested at all, go to the YouTube channel and also please, please, please get the, the free audio of the first chapter of, 
my book, Being You, Changing the World. And because all I want to do with this is contribute to you and all of you out there who've been looking for different possibilities, please know they truly are possible. And please never quit, never give up and never give in. Dr. Dane, thank you. You are awesome. And I hope to meet you one day and give you a hug. Thank you so much, Lisa. I look forward to the hug. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. That concludes my show today with Dr. Dane here. We were speaking about his book, Being You, Changing the World. And again, you can find him at Dr. Dane here, H-E-E-R.com. I hope everyone has a great week coming up and listen in next Thursday as I bring you another guest. Thank you so much. Bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with 